The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. All right, welcome to Let It Fly Show. I am Michael Severe. My partner, Josh Jones, is not here with me in Vegas because he is expecting a little girl. Well, his wife is expecting a little girl. He's going to be along for the ride as well, but we'll catch up with Josh in the coming weeks after his little girl comes. But we are in Nevada. We're not quite in Vegas. We are in Henderson. Uh, big game this night, actually. You'll see this when it'll pop up. We'll probably drop this a little bit later today. And so it'll be UNLV and Creighton. Um, it's been a nice, Josh, uh, it's been a nice classic already here. Uh, last week and everything got started. You had games with New Mexico, Santa Clara, Drake, um, and then UNLV lost to Loyola Marymount, and then they play Creighton today. Um, on the show today, we're going to feature Marcus Blossom, who's the athletic director over at Creighton, and then also we're going to talk to Trey Alexander. We haven't had Trey on the show since last year in Vegas. Now, it's a different situation then because Ryan Kalkbrenner, as you remember, was not feeling well. He was out for a couple games, so it was tough for them. Um, but hopefully today we bring a little bit more luck to this game in Vegas. Um, before we get to our guest, though, we got to just quickly run through what's going on with Nebraska football because these last couple days have been crazy to the point where Nebraska football has probably been the number one thing talked on ESPN when it comes to college sports. Uh, you had the head coach on a very popular show on ESPN and on YouTube as well. And so it, it's been really interesting. It's in two parts. Kyle McCord, who, of course, was the quarterback at Ohio State, led them to 11-1, and decided he wasn't going to stay at Ohio State, all because of one question. There was a question asked at the bowl announcement for Ohio State. They asked Ryan Day, is your starting quarterback – here right now and he said I cannot answer that question so immediately Kyle McCord said well I'm gonna get in the portal and go find someplace else Kyle McCord of course made a visit to Nebraska this Monday so a couple days ago as we're taping this uh, to talk to Nebraska uh, I'm sure a big part of it is NIL and what could be done with that uh, what could be done what Nebraska is gonna do in terms of building the rest of the team maybe his partner the wide receiver out of Ohio State Fleming Marcus Fleming comes with him as well certainly a possibility and so that was a big conversation that happened on Monday his father who is a Rutgers graduate by the way, knew Matt Rule back at Temple, so they have kind of a, a long-standing relationship, so that's interesting. That's certainly a possibility. McCord could come in here and clean up the one thing that Nebraska has really had trouble with really for the last 20 years, and it's turning the ball over, especially at the quarterback position. Um, we know 31 turnovers this year. 80% of them came from the quarterback position, so if you bring in a guy like Kyle McCord, could probably clean that up as well, especially if you can get him a number one wide receiver. So that's been big. But then, all of a sudden, Monday afternoon of this week, as Kyle McCord is here, information comes out that maybe Dylan Raiola was thinking about decommitting from Georgia and coming back to Nebraska. Now, you remember the story of what happened in the spring. Nebraska courted Dylan Raiola. His uncle, obviously, is the offensive line coach here, by the way, who just got a raise, $150,000 raise. And his dad played center at Nebraska in Dominic Raiola. So Nebraska thought they had a pretty good chance of getting Dylan to come here the first time. But in the end, he picked Georgia, which – how can you not understand that? At that time, they were two-time defending champions. It makes a lot of sense. But then all of a sudden, on Monday, the news started to leak. Actually, a good friend of mine, Stephen M. Sippel, who works for Husker Online, heard about it on Sunday night. Then on Monday, 
they kind of talked about it by Monday, by about 3 p.m. or so, it was all over the place that maybe Dylan Raiola would be decommitting from Georgia and coming to Nebraska. He is going to visit Nebraska on Friday. So Friday of this week, again, we're taping on Wednesday. He'll On Friday, he is the number three quarterback, essentially, in this class. Because if you count pro style and the mobile quarterbacks, the dual threats at the same time, he essentially averages out to three. He is a five-star. Nebraska hasn't ever had a five-star quarterback. Four-star with Harrison Beck, three-rated quarterback back in 2005, but not a five-star. The closest would be Tommy Frazier. We didn't do stars back there in 1992 when he came here, but it would be the closest if they got Dylan Raiola to come here. So he's going to come here Friday, have that conversation. I personally think if it gets to this point already, and here's something to always look for. When a guy is talking about decommitting or moving on, and you hear people from the program saying, oh, he wasn't that good anyway, he's already gone. He's, I think he's already gone. He'll be here at Nebraska. Um, is that a good thing? I mean, he's been in some situations. He's, he played at three different high schools. He was committed to Ohio State, then committed to Georgia, committed to Nebraska. Maybe, you know, sometimes people are indecisive, but that would be interesting to see. I think we're at a point now, though, where it looks like if everything goes the way it's supposed to, Gal McCord is the quarterback in 2024, and then Dylan Raiola is the quarterback going forward past that. However, then there's Daniel Kaline, who is the quarterback from Bellevue West, who committed after Raiola committed to Georgia. That was back in May. We've had, we've had uh, Danny on this show before. So what happens to Daniel Kaline? There has been some talk that he has looked at some other schools and talked to other schools as well. So there's certainly a possibility that maybe he moves on or he stays. We saw this year. You need three quarterbacks to get through the year. Almost every team needs more than one quarterback in these days, whether it's injury or something else. So you never know. He could maybe stay here as well. And, of course, as I mentioned earlier, Coach Rule was on the Pat McAfee show and talked a lot about what NIL means to all of this, what they need to do maybe nationally to clean it up, make it more a part of the school. And we're going to talk about that with one of our guests coming up today on the show. I mentioned that Marcus Blossom is going to join us, and we talked a little bit about NIL as well when I, uh, we chatted with him a little bit earlier. And as I mentioned, Trey Alexander will join us as well, and we'll chat with him about how his season's been going on as well as Let It Fly show continues. Sunday morning. You can smell it. Game day. And the brisket you've been smoking since last night. A day to be with family a.k.a. fellow football fans. Traditions make Sundays easy to enjoy. Beers do, too. Bud Light. Easy to Sunday, easy to enjoy. Bud Light is the official beer sponsor of the NFL. Enjoy responsibly. 21 plus, copyright 2023, Anheuser-Busch. Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. All right, welcome back to the Let It Fly show. We are joined by the McCormick Endowed Athletic Director for Creighton University, Marcus Blossom. How you doing? Great. Thanks for having me, Mike. Are you ready for uh, you ready for Christmas? Do you do any of the shopping, or is it all your lady? <laughs> How's it work? It's a collaborative effort. Okay. A collaborative effort. Two kids? Two kids, two girls, 10 and 8, fifth oh, and second grade. Wow. Uh, Christmas is a fun time for everybody, especially for them. Yeah, no doubt. So We also get a chance to get away for a couple days from cold Omaha to here to Vegas. How's it been? You know, it's been good. I mean, it's not completely warm. I think it's <laughs> 65 degrees or so, yeah, but we'll yeah. take it. It's not snowing. It's not snowing. No <laughs> doubt. Last time I talked to you on the radio, at least, it was you had just taken over as a yeah, director. Yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah, and you had, I'm sure you had, like, an idea of what it was going to be like. Yep. Has it been like that coming in the third year? Um, For the most part, yeah. I think um, I think the, the fan base uh, and the support of the fans have even exceeded my expectations, so... We have great support um, to support our, our young uh, men and men and women, uh, great coaches. So I, I think, quite frankly, it's been it's been better than I expected. You had now this is from an outsider's point yep. of view, a, 
bunch of coaches that have been in place for a long time, yep. a lot of facilities that were built. It was in a good spot. Mm -hmm. What have you tried to do to kind of put your stamp on it, or was that important for you to put your stamp on the department? Um, well, it's not about about me putting a stamp on. It's just elevating and building on what what Bruce and his team, you know, has done mm -hmm. with the help of the coaches for you know the last twenty plus years. So mm -hmm. we've just tried to turn everything up a notch, um, do things just a little bit better and a little more intentional and. And hopefully we're, we're well on our way to doing some, some, some great things. One of the things I always thought that could be tweaked was kind of the game day atmosphere yeah. at CHI. And I think it really has. Yeah. Can you talk about what you guys have done a little bit to make that you know, next level? What we have is, what we've done is, is made it a focus. Um, and, and game day, a quality game day depends on who you ask. Mm -hmm. We have, a, we have a, a pretty broad constituent base. We have students we're trying to, um, to appease to. We have mm -hmm. a... You know, a donor base, uh, 20 to 30, 30 to 40, 40 to 50. We also try to create an environment for our student athletes that are competing. Yeah. Uh, so we've tried to take the input of all of those different groups and, and also see what other um, really, really quality athletic departments are doing across the country and try to implement some of those things and what we do. One of the things I noticed the last two games I went to is people were getting back from halftime faster to their seats. Was that an emphasis at all, trying to get them back? Because that was something back in the day where you know people say, well, they didn't get back in their seats before the six-minute mark of the second half. But I, was, I don't know. <laughs> I think um, maybe the, the quality on the court yeah. helps, helps too. You, wanna, you don't want to miss much. Uh, we've done a couple new things at halftime. I think we added um, so a little news thing Jay's you guys Live. Did. That was yeah. really good. Yeah. Jay's Live. Um, you know, where we broadcast highlights from the first half. We talk about meaningful things going on throughout the athletic department. You know, I think I've seen some people looking and watching that. So that's been one, one, yeah. one good thing at halftime. But I think for the most part, people want to go get to their seats to see good basketball. Yeah, and he's not here because wife's getting ready to have a baby. But Josh yeah. Jones, who's normally on this show, obviously doing a lot of in-game yeah. stuff as well to keep everybody involved. Yeah, and he's getting better, too. Last year was his first year doing mm -hmm. it. He's getting a little bit more comfortable this year. Um, just trying to engage the fans. Um, so we'll, we'll try anything uh, mm -hmm. without trying to be uh, hokey or, or minor league yeah. <laughs> minor league in a way. Right? Marcus Blossom joining us here on Let It Fly Show. Yep. One of the interesting parts of being an athletic director mm -hmm. is that you have that close relationship with coaches. Yep. As we said, a lot of them are in place. How has that been for you, the interaction with them, kind of learning what they need, what you need from them, that kind of thing? You know, I think you used the right word. It's been a learning process, learning, um, you know, how I can best uh, help them uh, work with our teams and help our teams be successful. Um, coming in, not changing things that have worked and, and, and making sure we do some things differently that could be improved. Uh, so I think it's been good. We have some very successful coaches across uh, a lot of sports, um, and they've been doing things the right way for a long time. But... Everything can be improved and things can be done better. And I, and I think it's been, it's been a, a, a fruitful adventure thus far. It, it's funny because in sports, the better you get, the more expectation. So yeah. last year, right. seconds away from getting the right. Final Four. Right. This year, it's not a success for some people unless they make it to Phoenix. For you, what, what do you consider this season to be a success? You know, I always look at success as reaching your uh, potential. So, mm -hmm. you know, or, or going as far as, as one team could go with, with the talent they have on the court. Um, so I don't know what, what our ceiling is quite yet. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the, se the, the season is still young. Um, and sometimes your, your progress isn't always linear. You know, it's not a straight line growth. So, you know, lead eight last year doesn't necessarily mean final four this year means that we're, we're having success and going in the right direction. Right. 
but we are going in the right direction. Over the last few years, you've seen how the program has, has turned, uh, uh, so to speak. Um, but we don't know yet. I think we have a few really, really pivotal games coming up oh, yeah. in, <laughs> in the next couple of weeks that will tell – you know, kind of where we are, at least at that moment, at this particular moment where yeah. our program is. Learn a lot about it. You can yeah. play a game against Alabama yep. that all day, Sunday and Saturday, on the college football game yep. and then on the NFL game was promoting. It's Creighton, Alabama, primetime on Fox. That's, yeah, that's pretty I noticed exciting. that. I was watching yeah. TV and they said primetime hoops, Creighton, Alabama. Yeah. You know, and they moved the game because it was a, it was a primetime matchup, uh, according to Fox, and mm-hmm. they thought it would be – uh, best suited at that 7 p.m. time slot, and we thought it also worked well for us. Mm-hmm. I hope it didn't inconvenience uh, too many fans by moving the game time from 1 p.m. to, to 7 p.m. But it would be exciting. But we got some work to do tonight against of against a, a, a good UNLV team as well. No doubt about that. So one of the biggest changes over the last three years is NIL, and the way that's been worked. You're at a unique, you're at a university led by a basketball program yep. and other programs opposed to football. But how has that been in terms of the interaction that you need from booster base and then working with athletes and everything? How's that been for you guys? I think it's been an adjustment for everyone nationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, first and foremost, I think the student athletes deserve uh, what they're getting. Yeah. Uh, and this has been a long time coming for them. Um, the adjustment has been that it's, you know, uh, currently collectives or what you can do outside to, to generate uh, NIL uh, payments is, is kind of outside of your control, so sure. to speak. There's a little bit of communication. So that's different being um, in any leadership capacity, um, something that influences um, your team so so greatly being out of your control. But we have a great group that, that runs certain entities outside of our control. They have mm-hmm. our, the, the best interests of our student-athletes in the university of mine. So it's worked well for us. It doesn't work well for everybody, mm-hmm. um, but Creighton's in a good place in that regard. Uh, from a men's basketball perspective, right. I think we have a lot of room to grow um, to, to generate NIL uh, a disbursement for some of our other uh, student athletes. It's really a dichotomy because for years, you're asking your donors to help with a lot of things. Well, maybe it's building a building or right. something. Now you're asking them to, to enhance the, the, the look of your program by helping with athletes. Is, right. is that a, a delicate balance or how does that work? You know, it's to each his own. Some people want to help with buildings. Some people want to help with scholarships. Some people are, are very comfortable with with um, helping, you know, student athletes generate generate revenue for themselves. So um, it's been an adjustment, and I think it's 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 worked well for us thus far. Marcus Blossom joining us here on the Let It Fly show. In terms of looking ahead to NIL, there's a lot of proposals. Just last week, they were talking about putting it more in the hands of universities. There's been Federal legislation is a possibility. People have talked about maybe making athletes employees. Mm-hmm. What do you think the best way to do to be able to, to be able to handle this, make it fair for everyone, make it fair for the schools and for the athletes? You know, I don't know, Mike. I think what came out last week was just uh, something to, to, to get the conversation going. Right. That what has been going on hasn't been working. And uh, what I think the NCAA is trying to do is is control our or their or our uh, own destiny. So if we don't put our own uh, rules and, and, and legislation in place, then someone's going to do it for us. So that's what last week was all about, to start the conversation, um, to get this thing moving towards a, a structure that may work for, for everyone, the universities and the student-athletes. Mm-hmm. One of the things that, and I think it helped that Bruce was in charge for a long time. He was a former women's basketball coach, yep. so he thought about the women-athletes. Right. I've always thought Creighton did a great job of both facilities and taking care of female athletes. Can you talk a little about why that's important 
um, on your campus and other college campuses as well? You know, our, our female student athletes are, are exceptional students. Um, they compete very well uh, in their particular field of play. Um, so this is an athletic department. So yeah. an athletic department is not just a, a male athletic department. Right. Um, it's not just one team. So when you sign up for this, at least when I signed up for it, it's about influencing, positively influencing the lives and, and, and especially the four-year experience of all student-athletes. So uh, that's important for me, and I think it's important for the university. You know, looking into spring, almost a 3.5 across the board for you guys uh, academically. Can you talk about, obviously, it's the, the students have to do it, but academic support and the way they're helping them in the school. Can you right, you, you just touched on it. First off, we recruit great student-athletes mm -hmm. uh, that oh, yeah. are committed to, to academic excellence prior to even, to even coming to Creighton. And we do have great academic support um, led by um, Dr. Lisa Chips and her staff. Yeah. They really do a good job of, of motivating and working with our student athletes to make sure that academics is at the forefront of, 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 of their student athlete experience. One of the other things is you are in a community, obviously, mm -hmm. pretty close to North Omaha. Yep. Is there anything you guys are thinking about doing where you can kind of work with the North Omaha community? So, Because you're in there, you're already involved right, in it to right. be even more involved in it. You know, well, that's one thing I don't think we've done particularly well during my time here is, is get out in the community and, and, and serve both North, South, West Omaha, sure. all of those different uh, different areas. So we're trying to come up with some, some staffing and some resources to make sure we have the ability to effectively engage to those communities. Yeah, because you're right there, right? right there. And, and yeah. obviously you would love for right. students to end up at the university, right. but just to and have. A lot of our teams do do it on their own. Yeah. Uh, our coaching staffs are great at, at setting aside time for community service and, and community engagement. So a lot of our interaction, I bring up engagement, shouldn't just be about service and cleaning up the community. It's sure. just about engaging uh, those respective communities and, and, and opening up Creighton University to them. Yeah, just going to schools, right? Going to schools. You show a student right. at whatever high school that you right. can be this too, right, right. as an example. Um, anything big coming up project-wise? Anything you guys are starting to work on? That you, you know, we're just trying to uh, constantly figure out how to best serve our students. Uh, we have some needs, uh, whether it's um, some facility needs that, you know, we could help improve the overall development uh, of our student athletes. I, I don't want to drop any news okay. <laughs> right we'll now it, yeah. when it comes to those, <laughs> but we do have some things in the works uh, that I think will be big for, for Creighton Athletics overall. Something we'll hear about in the next year? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. For sure. Yeah. When we were coming here, obviously on the planes, and the planes before us and after us talking to TSA, yep. a lot of Creighton fans. Yeah. You mentioned you started this talking about how the engagement of the fans what it, it's got to be incredible just to watch what happens at home, but then every time they go on the road. It's fantastic. If you think about um, last year, I'm thinking about a schedule, a men's basketball schedule last year, they were everywhere. Mm -hmm. We talk about here in Vegas last year, oh, yeah. we had you know, maybe 2,000 fans at least, a mm -hmm. uh, ton that went out to Maui, um, Big East tournament. Yep. And this year, you see, you'll see quite a few blue in the stands today. And and um, we had some, some fans travel to some of our other, uh, other events as well. Oklahoma City was a good turnout. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, our fans are incredible. Yeah, all uh, those were Trey's family, though. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> a lot of them in there. You know, I, I think they have a, a great understanding of, of how their support, whether it's financially or, or uh, cheering us on at games or, or buying our gear, how their support directly helps us, helps us perform and be competitive. And yeah. I, 
I think that really has led to our, our success over the last, or at least greatly contributed to our success over the last few years. Ever since COVID, I've always tried to end interviews when I'm talking to people, especially somebody that's got a, yeah. a lot of responsibilities in terms of your mental health and how you handle what you have to deal with. My wife's a therapist, first of all, <laughs> and I'm always wondering because it's it's not easy. You yeah. got a lot of pressure on you every yeah. day. There's a lot of things going on. Plus you're responsible for an right. entire athletic department. Yeah. How, how are you handling, how are you doing? You know, it's fun. It's fun for me. Um, you know, I'm living the dream, you know, just, just work, work as hard as possible. Um, work on behalf of the student athletes and the coaches. Um, spend some time with family. Yeah, you know, so, family yeah. helps. You know, after some of the long, rough days, go home to, to to a great family help you get through some of those moments. But they're very few and far between because I'm at a great place with great support and great yeah. leadership, led by Father Hendrickson. So things have been great thus far. What about hobby-wise? Do anything outside of working? <laughs> Golf? Not much, uh, you know, going to my kids' events. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a lot of <laughs> that's time. A, that's yeah. a full hobby. Yeah. Um, you know, if you see me golf, you'll quickly understand <laughs> I that understand. I don't spend much time out there. <laughs> right, right. Because uh, I'm not very good. But I like to work out, you know. Yeah. You know, read read a few books, you know, things like that. You Just still hoop? To, you know, I started to try to, to hoop in, in some some old, old men's yeah. leagues around town. So, yeah. I wouldn't call it hooping anymore. <laughs> just running up and down the court. Yeah. All I tell you is be careful out there. <laughs> right. I, got a, I got a fake knee. I'll tell you, right. you, don't, you don't need right. that. You don't need any of that. Right. Marcus, we appreciate it, man. Appreciate you, too. Thanks for yeah. taking the time. Thanks Thank you very me. much. Welcome back to Let It Fly Show. We are in Henderson, Nevada. No longer in the arena, but now at the resort where the Creighton Blue Jays are staying. Of course, joined by Creighton guard Trey Alexander. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Do you guys get a chance to have any fun while you're, while you're on a trip like this in Vegas? Uh, not really. Uh, I mean, we most things we'll get to do is look at the scenery from the hotel, but uh, <laughs> 10 times out of 10, we're going to be in a really nice hotel. So it's always good to just walk around in the hotel, you know, look at the casino and things like that. So it's great. Yeah, no doubt about that. Let's talk a little about last time we talked to you was in Vegas last year. Yeah. And it was tough because, you know, Ryan Carbrooker was out and you guys yeah. lost those games. What did you learn during that stretch that helped you guys the way you ended up finishing the season? Uh, I think the maturity aspect is what really helped. I think that a lot of us kind of grew up that 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 kind of stretch that we had. So I mean, it, it was very big for us throughout the course of the season. We just started to take shoot arounds more serious, practices more serious, making sure we were very intentional with what we were doing. So uh, that stretch really helped us a lot. No matter what you do in life, I've learned this talking to athletes. You always remember some of the worst stuff that happened to you. Yeah. How long did it take you to get over the San Diego State game, the end of that game, and the way it ended up? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm still over it. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm over it at all. So, yeah, I mean, I think about it all the time, uh, especially, like, throughout the course of the season, just using his motivation as much as I can. So, mm -hmm. Do you guys talk about it like that, about it being motivation? Uh, we really don't speak about it. Mac, I'm pretty sure Mac isn't over it yet either. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I mean, we really don't speak about it much in practice at all. So, I mean, I think all of us have the same idea in mind is to use it for fuel. So, yeah. Speaking of fuel, you guys – almost over a week ago now, took care of Nebraska, yeah. getting revenge from the year before. How much was that about getting back at what happened the year before in your place? Uh, that's all it was about. Uh, that's all you had to, you know, if you know Nebraska, you know that we're their game, we're the game of their, the century for them. So, I mean, it was just big for us to be able to, you know, kind of shut that down pretty quick in the season and pretty early and do it in the fashion that we did. So it was big. It was, it was a great win. And I, I think it was one of the more uh, statement wins that we had this season. Yeah. What do you think about that rivalry now that you've been in it for a few years? Uh, I think it's crazy. I think that uh, it's just two teams that that want to 
that want to win a big game. That's a big rivalry. It almost reminds me of OU OSU. Yeah. Uh, in terms of that, but it's just a great rivalry, and, I, and, it's, and it's great to be a part of it. Do you know the last time Creighton beat Nebraska that badly by that big of a point margin? Uh, I think when I was on Twitter, it was like 1940-something or something like that. 1938. Yeah, something crazy yeah. like that. Yeah. That's got to be a little that, bit of that, that pride. Is crazy. Yeah, for sure, for <laughs> sure. That's that's big. That's big. Trey Alexander joining us here on the Let It Fly show. You guys get the Colorado State game, and obviously you don't play up to the level where you want. How much was that Colorado State and the way they played? How much was it on you guys? Uh, I think it was a lot more on us than, we, than it was them. I think that uh, in the first half we – Play really good defense, uh, holding one of the highest scoring teams in the country to only 27 points and a half is big. Uh, but obviously, we couldn't make anything on the other end of the court. So uh, I think it was more of us just beating ourselves up and kind of, kind of letting us missing shots really affect the way that we that we went about the second half. And I think that's why they were able to run away with it in the second half. I think people are surprised if they go into like Ken Palm and look at the adjusted defensive rating where you guys are. Can you talk about how important it is for you guys to play good defense? I think it's very important. I think that that's uh, what's going to get us over the hump. I think that defense is something that we take very much pride in, and that's the thing that was able to get us to the point that we were last year. Uh, we were playing defense at a high level in March, and we were able to, you know, stop a stop a good Baylor team, a, yeah. a great Princeton team that ran great offense, and just being able to, you know, uh, lock in on the things that we need to lock in on the defensive end. It, it's very important. How much is defense scheme? How much is defense intensity? Uh, I think it's – I would say it's – Probably, I would say the scheme is very big, but I also think the intensity with what you do it is very big as well. So I probably go 90% intensity, 10% scheme, because I think that uh, everybody knows you're gonna you're gonna mess up on on the defensive end. Like it, with college, you're gonna have a lot of teams that run a lot of good sets that have yeah. coaches that know what they're doing. So if for you to be able to fix those mistakes and be able to go through that with the right intensity and have the right effort and attitude about it is really what's big. So. It's always good to have a stopper. Sharif Mitchell was kind of a stopper at one point. Yeah. Do you consider yourself that? Who's who you think is the defensive stopper on the team? Uh, I'll say me, Ron Kalkbrenner. I think that uh, I'm going to be guarding the best guard on the opposing team's mm -hmm. offense at any given night. So uh, obviously, Mac can trust me with that. But also, I feel like uh, Ryan Kalkbrenner being back there is very big for us, and he doesn't get scored on much by opposing bigs, but he also does a good job of helping us on the defensive end when we make some mistakes. Trey Alexander joining us here on the Let It Fly show from Nevada. So you were talking about what he is back there behind you as that enforcer, as that stopper. How does that change the way you play defense? Like, are you thinking to yourself, I can be, I can maybe even take chances because yeah. I know they'll get by me? Oh, for sure. I know that I can take a couple chances. I know that I can play defense a little harder in terms of just trying to make them to make a mistake because I know if they go past me, I got Ryan Kalkbrenner back there. I think it's just... Uh, easy way to scheme, and it makes a lot of players have a lot more confidence and, and play defense with a different level of intensity. When you think of yourself as a player, obviously you're a guard. Combo guard is what everybody's talking about. Yeah. How much do you feel yourself as, as, as maybe a point guard in the future, or do you think of yourself as a two? Where do you think of yourself? Uh, I think, uh, I think uh, in the NBA I'll play more of a point guard. Uh, I think that's just kind of what NBA scouts see me as, mm -hmm. so I have no problem with doing that at all. If there's a question about this team, it's the four spot yeah. because you're replacing a pretty athletic guy in Coloma. Yeah. How do you think Mason Miller's done? How do you think Isaac Trout done? How do you think they've done that four so far? Yeah, I think I think Mason and Art are just two opposite fours. Oh, yeah, I sure. think that you get a different dynamic with each one. Obviously, Art was probably more of a better defender than Mason. He was more athletic in terms of being able to get on the glass and putting more pressure on the rim. But uh, I think that Mason is more of your let it fly type of Mac for uh, somebody that can stretch the floor, somebody that's uh, 
able to play defense and able to, you know, just let it go and be able to make shots at a high consistent level. And I think that's what Mason does. And I think Mason plays very hard. Yeah. What do you think about a guy like Jason Green? A lot of yeah. folks in Omaha obviously watched him play in high school, been waiting on him. He had yeah. the injury. What do you think about Jason? Uh, I think Jason reminds me of Art a little bit. I think that mm. Jason's very athletic. Uh, I think that he plays defense at a high level. He offensively rebounds the ball at a very high level. And uh, I think that he's going to be good for us down the stretch. What was it like playing against Oklahoma State? Kind of almost like a home game for you. How many people did you have? What was it like? Uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, I had a great time. Obviously, I had, I'm had. i from Oklahoma, so I had a lot of fans there. I yeah. had around 70 people there, 40 people like with tickets from just the team and things like that. Nice. But it was great just to be able to be back in my, uh, in my, in my state that I grew up in and being able to play in an arena that I had been to multiple times. No doubt, I understand that. So you have coming up a nationally televised game. They've been promoting it all week against Alabama on Big Fox, prime time. I know every game's big, but what does that kind of mean to you knowing that you're playing a game that everybody's going to be watching in the country? Uh, I think it's big for us. I think it's another another way that we can put Creighton on the map, get a, get us a little publicity, but also being able to showcase, you know, what Creighton can do on a, in a, at a primetime level. And I think that's big for us. It's going to be fun. Obviously, we're going to have fans there. Sure. Uh, they're going to have fans there. So it's going to be it's going to be a really, really big thing for us and a really fun event. So. Trey Alexander joining us. Talk about UNLV, what you've seen so far in the preparation. Um, this is going to come out today. You guys will be playing tonight. Yeah. What do you what have you seen from them so far? A uh, very athletic team. Obviously, uh, they have a lot of guys coming from the transfer portal. Yeah. Uh, they have a good guard that's that's really good out of high school, five star, uh, Deaton Thomas, I think, something mm -hmm. like that. But he's he's really good. He gets downhill. He's able to you know distribute the ball, be able to create for his teammates. But uh, they're a really good team. And if we let them get out and transition, turn us over, then it's going to be a close game, but mm -hmm. I think that if we're able to do the things that we're supposed to, we'll be able to uh, be able to come out with a W. Have you had a chance to keep up at all what's going on in the Big East, who's playing well, yeah. what do you think? Uh, I think that obviously UConn looks very good. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that Marquette, uh, they, they look like they did last year. They look pretty good. I think that uh, – I think that it's, it's just going to be an up-and-down race between the top four teams. It's deep, too. Yeah, right? I, I, even I, the yeah. guys towards the bottom. Yeah, yeah I, I would have to say that we probably have five to four tournament teams in there, and I mm -hmm. think that uh, we hit uh, the Big East is going to be probably the best conference this year, uh, probably us or the Big 12. So, I mean, the Big East is just at an all-time high right now, and I'm yeah. happy that I'm able to play in this conference and also being able to be a part of it. Uh, and hopefully we'll be the team out of the Big East that'll be holding the trophy. So I know this is a couple weeks away, but last year you guys had to play on Christmas Day. Yeah. This year you got all ten days between games. Yeah. Do you have plans for that already? What you gonna do for Christmas? Uh, chill with my family a little bit. Yeah. Uh, probably shoot some hoops a little bit. So <laughs> uh, just trying to, you know, just trying to enjoy the holidays. Uh, just trying to, because last year, like you said, we didn't get to spend time with our family for the most part. Was that so, tough playing on that day? Uh, it, it was fun because I had a career game. But yeah, that's true. Yeah, right. <laughs> outside of that, I mean, I wasn't really with my family, and uh, that's kind of something that something that I was able to do like throughout my whole life. So it, it was different for sure. But uh, I, I think it's always been fun if I had to replace anything with being with my family on Christmas Day, be playing basketball. So no doubt. How is uh? How do you do? Do you set goals at the beginning of the season, saying to yourself? team goals, individual goals, did you do that coming this uh, year? Yeah, I do that every year. I think that uh, that's something big. I think that that's something that every person that has dreams to play at a high level should do. Mm -hmm. I think that it gives you something to work for. I think that it gives you a little bit of motivation. So I, I definitely do those things at the beginning of the season. I asked this to your athletic director earlier in this yeah. podcast. I said to him, 
is it is it not a success if you don't get the Phoenix? Because you obviously got a couple seconds away from the Final Four. How do you think of this season? Does it have to end that way for it to be a success for you? Uh, for me, uh, I'll have to say yeah. I think that that's uh, one of the bigger goals I set in terms of team goals for myself, and I think that that's something with the caliber of team that we have. I think it would be a failure if we didn't make it that far for sure. Yeah. How much, and everybody's happy you came back, and I know yeah. I asked you before this, and you're happy you came back. How much did NIL affect that? How much did the changes of the way we're handling college athletes now opposed to, you know, when I was coming up and you got nothing? But how, how much did that change or infect your decision? Uh, it really didn't affect my decision as much as people think. I think that uh, whether whether I went into the draft or not, I think that I, I was really going to miss playing at Creighton. I think that I needed it, like I was telling you before this, I think that I needed another year just yeah. to get my body together, be able to, just really showcase what I could do with a different different look uh, with a different team. So, mm -hmm. I mean, just for me to come back, I think it's very big, and I'm glad to be back where where I am. So, when you wear 23, you are identifying yourself as somebody who liked Michael Jordan, and yeah. you think of you as being the best player in the team. At the same time, the defense goes, "That's 23. We got to get him." Has that? You, do you notice that, like, that they kind of target you? I mean, they know who you are, obviously, but yeah. even when you were younger because yeah. you were wearing 23? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've always, like, that's been my favorite player ever, yeah. Michael Jordan. Uh, that's just something that, that I've always wanted to do is wear number 23. I wanted to be the next great NBA player since I was young to wear mm -hmm. number 23. I just think it's really cool the amount of, you know, the amount of things that come with wearing the number 23. Yeah. I think that it's really cool. So I, I love I love the, the number that I got, and I've plan to rock with it for the rest of my life so. there you go um in terms of hobbies other than i know you guys are busy you got yeah. you're an athlete you're a student lots to do but yes. anything you do outside to have some fun uh i mean i play video games what's your lot. game i play a couple different games i play call of duty i yeah. play rainbow you play uh, sports games i play i, I really don't i, I mean outside, 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 outside everybody I, plays I, FIFA. no i don't play fifa <laughs> no outside FIFA. of madden like i'm really good at madden but outside of madden i really don't play 2k like that yeah I just, I just tend to stay away from 2K because it just it makes me a little angry to play it. So, <laughs> yeah, I try to stay away from it. You told me, and I'll let you go after this, you told me that it wasn't necessarily cheering for teams. It was individual players. Yeah. Who are the individual players now in the NBA that you look at, you admire, you like to watch? Uh, I like to watch D-Book. Favorite player is Kyrie Irving. I like to watch Shea. Shea's really good. He's up and coming. He's really nice uh, oh yeah yeah i like to i like to watch kd uh those are just some people that i like to watch those are my favorite players in the nba you do a lot with the basketball playing basketball yeah when you watch kyrie irving doing some things sometimes it amaze you even yeah oh, even though you sure. know for sure for sure i uh when i when i was in high school i used to like watch like his finishing videos and then like i'd be have my my little goal outside and i try to like spin it <laughs> off of the goal and stuff like that yeah, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, just it's just things like that, that that never cease to amaze me. So, yeah, we appreciate it. Have a great rest of the yes, season. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks a lot. All right, we want to thank the athletic director for Creighton University, Marcus Blossom, and of course Trey Alexander as well for joining us for Let It Fly show next week. Exciting show. I'm sure Josh will be back. Um, I don't know if the, his daughter will be here or not, but I'm sure he'll be back for the show. We're going to talk with Jalen Lloyd, Husker wide receiver, get his take on his freshman year and. So much stuff happening with the Huskers like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. Of course, we'll keep up with that as well, so we'll, uh, we'll definitely check in on that. I want to thank the entire Let It Fly crew that made this possible for us to come out here to, uh, to Nevada, just outside of Vegas. Uh, we have, of course, our executive producer, 
uh, who is sometimes getting stuff done, sometimes not. No, I'm just playing. Phil McLean as well. Uh, Val Elvis, who is our production coordinator, cameraman, editor, all that stuff. Uh, Meg, who is our social media maven. Uh, Maddie was here as well, who we had uh, a while ago helping us out with social media. She was on the trip as well, so we want to appreciate all of them and everybody who makes this possible for us. As always, we want to remind you, it's a great time to both get and give Omaha Steaks, especially around the holidays. You know, it always fits. It's always the right color. You don't have to worry about that or about anybody taking it back. So you can always do that as well. Get you some Omaha Steaks. Just go to the website and check that out. For everybody that was a part of this trip to Vegas, we appreciate that. And we'll catch you next time on the Let It Fly Show.